What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And today, we're back once again. This week, we got a lot to talk about the NFL world. This morning, taken by storm, Deshaun Watson's recommended suspension, I guess we have to say, because appeals can be filed, um, was six games by Judge Sue Robinson. So we're going to talk about that. Debo Samuel inked a three-year extension the other day. We're going to touch on that. And then the MLB trade deadline is coming up. We're filming this Monday. So, I mean, I what's time's the deadline? Like 6 p.m. on Tuesday or something like that? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, we're 30 hours or so right now from filming this out from the deadline. A lot, Not a lot of activity. So most of the names really are still on the board. We'll talk about the guys who have been traded. And then we're going to talk about the guys who are yet to be traded. And we're going to predict them. We're going to start, though, with Deshaun Watson. This news obviously has been... This has been a – we've been awaiting this for months now, it seems. Six games obviously seems very light for the extent of the allegations, for the extent of the situation. You look at Judge Sue Robinson, she seems to base it off of um, that there was no violence in the uh, sexual misconduct and also basing it off of past NFL precedents of similar situations. Mm-hmm. It would seem the NFL is likely going to appeal this. I would not think this is the end of this situation. I mean, yeah. just your immediate thoughts on the situation, Rob, and also, I mean, we'll touch on kind of the impact it has on the Browns and potentially their ability to compete this season, but your your overall thoughts on the situation. Yeah, I was a little surprised by I, I think as, you know, the last week or so, it's kind of become clear that he was always going to get six to eight games. Like, that's sort of what, sort of like, you know, that's what the rumor's been. That's what the direction it's been heading. But, I mean, I, I think it's still a little, like, jarring to see almost, if, uh, if, if that makes sense, you know, just seeing – Cause just, I mean, what it's been compared to immediately is just the Calvin Ridley thing where he was suspended for a whole year, obviously for laying a $1,500 bet on the Falcons. It's just the NFL's consistency with this stuff. I feel like this is sort of like the boiling point. And I feel like you're going to see a lot of different, maybe longer suspensions for more serious things in the future. Just cause like, I don't know. I, I The thing to me is that she uh, the way that it it sounded from what I've read and what I've watched is that Sue Robinson believed that there is plausible, you know, Deshaun Watson plausibly commit, like she found committed these things. But like you said, she didn't find like, essentially she didn't find the violence there basically is what, I mean, I don't want to get us demonetized or anything by saying what I, but like, you know, I, I think it's just interesting that that, that was the distinction and uh, I mean, the thing that's crazy to me is just no matter what the outcome was, I think it's just crazy bad optics for the league and even for your Cleveland Browns to have just this much guaranteed money going to somebody who I think is still such a wild card uh, on, on a lot of fronts. So I think that's my initial reaction. And I think it's just surprising to see, like, you know, obviously Griffin and I talked a little bit about how much held all over the place the NFL suspension policy has been over the years. And I think this sort of is is no different for sure. And I think, like you said, I, I, I think Roger Goodell is going to be under a lot of, lot of pressure to appeal this suspension. Yeah. I think this is going to be a, well, the, the whole appeal process is so confusing because it seems like Goodell is going to be the one with some other people, officers that will be listening to the appeal and then he makes a decision, but then if it gets overturned or he makes a, a, a move on it, then it might be going to federal court. I mean, this is just, 
Yeah, it's it's going to be a whole long potential thing. I mean, the whole situation obviously is very confusing, very there's still no obviously I don't think anyone at this point disputes that there was clearly some miscon a lot of misconduct and that Deshaun Watson was clearly in the wrong. You know, last night there was a report he he uh he settled with three of the four remaining lawsuits against him, one of them being the original one. So he's basically settled all the lawsuits now. You know, take that for what it is. It, the whole situation, I, I agree with basically everything you said. I think, I think the problem is, the, is just the NFL system is just terrible. Like you look at the MLB, for instance, and I'm not saying this is any better, but Trevor Bauer had a, obviously a terrible situation. And I don't know if his suspension was justified for the length it was. I think that was kind of unprecedented. I, we haven't really seen something like that with Trevor Bauer. But he had like a, he got a two year suspension for um, sexual misconduct. And I mean, I guess his is more assault and, and abuse. But that situation, again, obviously still is unclear, crazy. But you look at the difference. I mean, Deshaun Watson suspended six games and you look at the the rest of the like if you look at the history in the last 10, 15 years of similar incidents in the NFL, the suspensions have been right in this range. So it's not. It's just not – it's just – unfortunately, it's the state of the NFL. There's there's no one to be more mad at than the NFL. This is – Judge Sue Robinson, like, she did her job. She looked at the facts of the case. She looked at what she was presented, and she looked at the precedent that the NFL has set over the years, and that's what she came up with. The NFL, if they had a precedent of this in the past of a year suspension, Deshaun, this wouldn't even be a question. Deshaun Watson would be suspended for a year. So this is – this falls on the league and, and their past wrongdoings. I think – the situation is is very sad and and is obviously the whole Cleveland Browns thing of, of them giving him all this money is it's just an unfortunate state of the NFL and, and that's what even their their past situations and past um sp- suspensions just show like the NFL is all about making money it's all about football it's all about winning and no teams really care and it's sad to see that these owners these people they don't really care about these situations they just when they happen, oh, here's a you know few game suspension. And look, I think the like you brought up the Calvin Ridley situation, and obviously I think his suspension is unfair. The difference is that the league gave him that suspension, whereas this was done through a, a judge and a mandator. So I think it, they changed their policy for for certain things. So obviously, if the league did this suspension, it would be indefinite for over a year. So you got to look at that and it's kind of, in my opinion, it is a little tough to compare the two because it's, they're coming from different places and it's just a different situation. Totally. Obviously Calvin really should not be suspended for more than Deshaun Watson. That's definitely ridiculous. I think his year long suspension was ridiculous. I think the NFL is probably just trying to make a point with that because obviously players gambling is a dangerous thing and something that should not be in the sport. Um, So I think they were kind of just trying to set a precedent for that, but Obviously, the Deshaun Watson situation, not good. Definitely very controversial, and it's crazy. It's that it's just it's a crazy situation, and seeing that it truly was six games is, is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if you want to shift to, like, the impact of the, on the Browns, maybe. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, obviously, this, this the first six games were the easiest part of their schedule. I mean, I think – I think – I, I think they worked out about as well as they could have hoped for, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I think it's just the hope is like, 
their hope is just that not that the situation is done and put to rest would be my guess. I mean, they have to hope nothing else comes out. I mean, I just think, I don't know. I feel like it's just such a weird situation uh, for to just, I, I'm just more so like staggered by all this guaranteed money they gave him because he's not going to miss out on any of his $44 million yeah. signings. And what is it? He's already going to be paid the $15 million by the time the, the season starts, I believe. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a little weird for me to, to think about like this guy's going to be playing by week seven. And I do wonder what the reaction from stadiums. I mean, obviously there's been so many, not exactly model citizens on everybody's team. And like you said, no, no, none of these teams really care. Nobody really cares about anything as much as they purport to. I think they're really just like large, you know, brands at the end of the day, you know, on social, they don't really believe anything that they're pushing or, you know, saying on social media, for example, but like, it's just like, um, I, I wonder what the the reaction from around the league will be like also for sure. I mean, if this will change any, anything in the, in the future in terms of trading for, for guys who have, you know, questionable, questionable off-field stuff. But I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see, like, what the ripple effect throughout the league is for sure. Yeah, I mean, even, like, as someone who follows the Browns pretty closely and, like, looking at Twitter, like, there's a lot of Browns fans who are not happy about them trading for Deshaun and are, like, very un- unhappy about the situation. It's interesting, though, because, obviously, you look at a situation like Kareem Hunt that unfolded a few years ago and the Browns bring him in. You look at the state he is now, people – really don't look at that they people you know I, I you don't hear anyone saying oh i'll never root for kareem hunt because of what yeah. happened four or five years ago so yeah it's interesting like honestly it's crazy the, yeah, the way sure. sports are is like i can see browns fans initially being like oh i'm, I'm done I, I don't want to root for this team i can't root for this guy if Deshaun watson starts winning football games people's opinions unfortunately are going to change that's just the reality of the situation yeah, and sure. the reality of the world so i think it's crazy but like you said we're looking at this at a strictly football perspective, which is obviously kind of weird and difficult to do. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are, are, if it stays at six games, they're going to be in a, a very good spot to be competing for a playoff spot. You look at their first four games, they're playing the Panthers, the Jets, the Steelers, and the Falcons. With Jacoby Brissett, I would say at minimum, they're winning two of those games <laughs> and maybe three, maybe four even. I mean, there's a chance they could win all four. And then you play the Chargers and the Pats, who are two tougher games, but yeah, I, I'm not saying they'll win them, but Cleveland is one of those teams with their rushing attack that even without Deshaun, they can win some some games. I don't think they're a playoff team without him, but if he comes back after week six, you still have all the games against the Ravens, all the games against the Bengals. I mean, the Browns should be uh, – they should be able – I think they can play probably five-minute ball in that, those six games and probably make the playoffs, which is kind of crazy. Um, obviously, it, it's unclear. I, I honestly would expect – more games to be added if it does get appealed more maybe towards the eight or 10 range. I mean, if they go towards an indefinite suspension, I think there's going to be a, a huge lawsuit and who knows when that would end. I mean, that would just be crazy, but I yeah. just, um, I was interested to read that everybody in the Browns organization when at the time of the trade was expecting a six game suspension as well. I mean, that's sort of what the, what, what's come out. And it's interesting because you see, um, I think it was last night, the NFLPA released that statement kind of saying, we're going to, no matter what the decision is, not appeal. We hope that the league office will do the same. And it is kind of like, it, it's kind of interesting. It's like, did did they kind of know what was going to, the suspension was going to be beforehand? Were they just praying? I mean, yeah, it's I mean, very interesting, but it seemed like they were obviously expecting a, a lower suspension, which is interesting. And 
Yeah, these things are crazy. These situations. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. But um, I mean, we'll obviously, as the story unfolds, as stuff keeps going, we will cover it. And obviously, as we get closer to the NFL season and our predictions, it's it's going to be tough to predict the Cleveland Browns and where they stand yeah. until there's further clarity on the situation. But if I if I'm being honest, if if it stays at six games, I I would lean towards the Cleveland Browns being a playoff team this year, which is very interesting. I would agree with that for sure. And that AFC North is going to be a tough division <sighs> Especially since Deshaun would only be missing one game within, and it's against the Steelers, which is like they're probably widely probably considered the worst team in that division. Yeah. You hear stuff coming out that Mason Rudolph might win the quarterback. Job. Really, yeah. Oh I guess. Yep. Oh my God. That must be. Oh my God. If Mason Rudolph wins it, I mean, Mitch Trubisky clearly is just god awful. I mean, there's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. All right. We'll, we'll pivot here. Um, Debo Samuel finally yeah. extended. It goes, you know, his off season went from wanting out to kind of a long standstill and Niners not trading him. And they finally get an extension done. Um, to be honest, I don't have the details pulled up, but I know it was three years in the 73, $75 million yeah, range. That's right. I think it was 58 guaranteed. Yeah. 58 guaranteed. So a huge deal for Debo, huge deal for San Francisco. This is, I mean, good for them because I'll kind of go on a, a little rant here, but I'm kind of sick of seeing all these NFL players and, and NBA players just request trades and, and just get moved as they please. I get that, you know, they want to go where they want to be and, and whatnot, but, you know, that's what free agency is for at the end of the day, is it not? And I get the NFL system's a little more complicated um, because you have obviously um, the franchise tag. You can kind of get caught up in that. But, like, for instance, like the Kevin Durant stuff, like, Brooklyn, it doesn't seem like they're going to trade him, but the guy just signed a four-year extension. Now he's asking to be traded with a pretty good team around him. It's just like, it's just one of those things that I think is, I get, I get like if Mike Trout asks for a trade, I'm I'm not going to judge him because he's stuck in literal hell in Los Angeles. And if he wants to win, good for him. But all these guys kind of just asking for trades every second. It, I don't love it, um, but. Obviously, this is a situation where good for San Francisco. They held on and it worked out. They kept their best offensive player. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, this obviously is is a huge development for the 49ers because we saw what Debo did that offense last year. Without him, I mean, who knows who knows how that offense would really function yeah. this year. I definitely think it's really impressive work both like by Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers front office to convince him to say cuz like you said, like when these trade requests are put in, it kind of seems like I mean, I think everybody thought Debo was getting moved initially. I mean, you know, it was so long ago in the sports world and in the world of the internet, really, these days. But, uh, you know, D- D- we thought Debo might have been moved, you know, within that week or within the week after that. Yeah. But um, I think it's interesting that they were able to um, sort of mend the relationship as quickly as they did. I think you're going to see, obviously, I, I really do wonder how much you're going to see Debo running back this year. And I really wonder if it's going to be not at all, because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that was the, his number one reason for winning out. And, you know, we know Kyle Shanahan likes to be a little wacky on offense still, you know, obviously he's one of the best play callers in the game, but, but I, I you know, I, I'm very, I'm shocked that they're, uh, that, that Debo is back. But I, I, like you said, I, I definitely am glad that, he's just staying a 49er for the time being. And the other thing is with Debo um, and, and DK Metcalf too, which is really interesting is these three-year extensions. 
you know, with AJ Brown is a four year, you're seeing a lot of five years, but three years. I mean, these guys are going to be free agents again. I mean, DK Metcalf will be 26 in his prime uh, when, when he's a free agent again. So I think it's, it's really interesting that you're not seeing these huge long-term deals, but sort of these, these shorter, big money contract extensions. Yeah. I mean, the wide receiver market is just totally yeah. going absolutely insane. I mean, this off season is just, I mean, they're like, you look at uh, guys 11, like Justin 11 guys. 11 guys yeah. paid. Justin Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase is obviously far off, but like Justin Jefferson, yeah, entering year, after this year, he's going to get, what, three years, 100? Like, something insane. Something like, like that. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he is, oh, it's going to be insane. But yeah, obviously good for San Francisco. And like you said, the running back situation, I. I just don't – I don't think Debo's going to be rushing the ball like eight to ten times a game like he had been. I think that they're still going to use him when they need him at that spot because he's so valuable there. But you're not – you don't pay running backs three-year, $70 million contracts. So, Debo obviously – I mean, we see what it does as a pass catcher. He's so, so elite there. So, yeah, I, that's the I, thing. Like, Debo, I, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people just forget how good Debo is as a pure receiver. That first half he had as a receiver oh, was just – yeah, yeah, he's a monster, man. He he really is. I mean, what a player. And I I I'm San Francisco is one of those teams. If I if I can really quickly, it's just I I think that everything is so contingent on the quarterback. But this is a team that if Trey Lance is even just a little bit better than Jimmy G is this was last year, if he is this year. It's a team that can win the NFC. I mean, they were so they really choked last year, man. I mean Jaquiski Tart now an Eagle. If he had, you know, made that interception. Of course he's an Eagle. He's the most Eagle signing of all time. Yeah. <laughs> he's an you know, a little, little, little one year, little one year deal. But uh he uh if he didn't have that dropped in inter- that dropped interception, uh, who knows? I mean, I just think uh, I really am intrigued by San Francisco. I think they can definitely, definitely make another run this year. Yeah, I mean, you look at the NFC right now. I mean you obviously have the Bucks and the Rams, who are, I think, the two clear-cut favorites. But after that, it's kind of like there's kind of all these teams that it's are like just the like Packers, the Cowboys, like Packers, the- Cowboys, Eagles. You got all these teams, and the Niners are, are right up there. Cardinals, maybe, but I think they're pretty. I don't. I'm not a Cardinals believer. I'm not a Cardinals yeah. believer. I don't think you are either, from my, if my memory serves me right. No, nah, I just don't think they're built to win in the playoffs. I, I mean, we saw it happen last year, and they didn't like. Their big upgrade was Marquise Brown, like, and they lost uh, Chandler Jones. I'm really, I'm like, really not a believer in Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach, to be honest with you. Yeah, you've had your rants over, uh, yeah. over Cliff. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, he's done a decent job, but um, so gonna be this I, I just don't. There's good. There's times Perfect. where there's good teams, and it's just they're just not good enough to be a Super Bowl. Vic Fangio, the new. <laughs> I don't know if he's quite as bad as Vic Fangio, no, but no. Um, yeah, there's just these teams always in the NFL that are good. They're just not like the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're a good team. They're just not a Super Bowl team, you know, like it's just all these teams. And it's like, what do you do in that situation? Like, do you rebuild, do you tear it down or do you, do you try and, you know, keep adding like the Marquis Brown move was stupid, but. Ugh. All right. We'll move on from the NFL. We're going to talk some MLB, obviously the trade deadline, hopefully will be exciting. It's been kind of a letdown so far. I would say there's probably been two big moves so far, and that's Andrew Benintendi to the Yankees after, you know, the Mets swept them, swept the Yanks dry, and they immediately made a trade, which was fun to see. And then, uh, 
Luis Castillo to the Mariners. Um, real quick, I mean, Benintendi, I don't think he's he, – it's not the biggest name. This is a good player, though, and an already yeah. good Yankees lineup. You add a guy like Benintendi to that, uh, it's it's a good piece. And it seems like Joey Gallo also on his way out at this point. So, essentially, you're replacing him with uh, Benintendi. That's a great upgrade. Exactly. I mean, I was just going to mention that. I mean, if you're just – Joey Gallo has less than 40 hits this year. I don't know what happened to the guy, man. It's actually astonishing. I, I get he struck out a lot. I get this, but this guy is a two-time All-Star. Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I just think some, like, as as cliche as it is, some guys really just can't handle the pressure of playing in New York, and especially yeah. for, you know, biggest franchise in baseball by a wide margin. But I just think, like you said, Benintendi, quality guy, good contact hitter. I mean, he'll just, like, he's going to slide right in to that Yankees line. I mean, hitting there – it's just it, – it, it's a hitter's dream, I think, sliding into that lineup in that ballpark right now. So that's all I got to – I think that's – and I think if we want to – if you don't have any further thoughts on Benintendi, I mean, Castilla, what mm. a what a haul the Reds got for Shocker. him. Shocker. Yeah, this was a, a crazy trade. Um, I thought he was going to be a Yankee 100%. Like, I was very surprised yeah. when this move went down. Um it's just one of those – it was one of those things that it just seemed like he was – the Yankees were positioned to get him. But the Mariners, man, they come in, they trade. And right for them, man, like prospects, like there's one thing if you're like Francisco Alvarez right now where you're in AAA and you're mashing every baseball in sight. But like Muela V. Marte, I'm sure this dude could be a good baseball player. He's in single A. Like I get he's a top-ranked prospect, but like – his team hasn't made the playoffs in like 21 years now. Like they have to do this. Like right, they, yeah. no fan yeah. should be upset that they traded Noel Abbey Marte in single A for Luis Castillo. That, like rotation, it's, that rotation is just absolutely disgusting. I mean, Gilbert. But right. of course, though, for the Mariners, as soon as they trade for Castillo, Julio Rodriguez goes right. Yeah, to the of course. That's 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 just the Mariners, baby. Just and, the Mariners. and now they got Mr. Strikeout Jared Kalenic up in the big leagues who. Uh, He's been a disaster, which has been you fun to watch. You can buy a jersey that says Kalenic's number, like hater number one, just like Jared Kalenic on the. <laughs> it's not even that I hate him. It's just, it's just one of those trades that the Mets got so much crap for for so many years, and it's like I think the Mets probably won that trade hands down, like not even close at this well, point. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you know, you have the best relief pitcher in baseball right now. I mean, yeah, it's just crazy, but yeah, this trade. Good for the Mariners for going out and getting the best pitcher because this is – I mean, Castillo has been – this has been arguably his best year of his career. And my, I'm Not even arguably. This has been the best uh, year of his career. He's been fantastic as of late, and you have him next year too, which is so valuable. Um, he's not a rental at all. So a really good move by the Mariners. This team obviously trying to compete. Jerry DePoto might not be his last move too. I, I, I think this team might go out and get a, a position player. Um, which they should do, but good move. I was very surprised that when I saw that, you know, he was going to the Mariners. I, I did not see them landing him, but hey, you pay the price and you you get the players at the end of the day. If you want to overpay and not even overpay, but just give a give a haul. I mean, crazy, but good for them. Good for I mean, that's that's what you got to do to be in the playoffs. And Depoto seems like he's going all out for yeah. a good team. Phils are in a very, very similar situation right now. Very similar. Yeah. Well, the Phils are missing Harper, which is just – I mean, they, they played well Segura. without him. Harper and Segura, two of our three – I would say two of our three best hitters, to be honest. 
Yeah, Segura, Segura has been very good. Segura is, I mean, he's. I thought he was going to be out until September, but apparently he has a chance of coming back uh, either tomorrow night or Wednesday. Really? Yeah, for the Braves. Oh, so he's like back. He's almost back. He's almost there. Has he been on a rehab start? Yeah, he's been. He played his first nine with the uh, with the Lehigh Valley, which is the AAA affiliate, like a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. I think yesterday, maybe. But yeah, I think it. The fact that we've been able to tread water, I think, just for this long without those guys has been. I'm. I've been very impressed. And the bullpen. Sorry, I'm just going off a little tangent here, but it's the bullpen has been so much better. Like it's actually been. League Brad average. Hand's been insane for you guys. And well, not only that, I mean, Corey Knebel has really picked it up. He's only allowed a run in eight of his 42 appearances. The guy, Griffin, Jerry Sumoya is the worst pitcher I've ever seen. Did you see what happened a few nights ago? So I did not. He's a up- 60 RA? Yeah, he's the worst pitcher. He's like the worst pitcher literally I've ever seen. Why is he still on the team? Because, so they asked uh, Rob Thompson about it, and he was like, yeah, you guys don't see what he provides off the field. He mentors the younger guys, like. Didn't he like beat the like beat the crap out of him? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did do that. So like he's not even a plus human being. I don't he's so the Phillies are up eight one and Familia allows six runs in the bottom of the ninth. And they almost blew it. Oh my god. Was this Sunday? Uh this was Thursday. Thursday. And then okay. on Sunday. We were up 8-1 again, and he comes in and allows a run, and he had to have, like, an insane double play ball to bail him out. He is – he He's can't a get – a 1.8 whip. Jesus. He can't get a pitch Ooh. across. It's crazy. I mean, this man – I mean, familiar. you look at, like, 20, 2015, 2016, this guy was just so elite. It's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, he, he's he's – Wash at this point. He has been washed. I mean, last year he was okay with the Nets, but not good. But this year, six ERA. My goodness. I mean, he's he's whatever beyond wash. He's beyond washed. Whatever that is. All right. Well, with that, um, we're gonna move on, and we're gonna talk about have about twenty names here. So we're gonna go through, and we're gonna say whether we think what team, if we think they'll get traded, they'll get traded to, or. If we don't think they'll get traded, which some of these guys, um, while I was making the list, I don't think we'll get traded. So we'll go through and we're going to start off with the biggest name on the market. Um, I actually forgot to add one guy. So let me do that real quick. The biggest name on the market, Juan Soto. Seems like there's three teams left for him, the Padres, the Cardinals and the Dodgers. What do you think, Rob? Do you think he gets moved? If, if so, to what team? I'm going to maintain my stance that Juan Soto will not get moved before the deadline. I think I said it on last week's podcast. I think we were in agreement that it's just so much for a midseason. Like, it's just so much for a midseason. I get the argument three seasons, three playoff runs instead of two with him, more control generally. But I just don't I just don't see him getting traded in the middle of the season. I, I just don't. I, I don't have any reasoning beyond that. But I just can't see a midseason trade for Juan Soto happening. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think he's getting traded. I kind of had that stance for a little bit now, like you said, like last time, last podcast, it kind of seemed that way. And I mean, now all the reports, I mean, you'd heard some of these national guys saying it was like Jeff Passon, I think, said it was 80 20 that it gets traded. And now he's kind of like, oh, I'm not so sure. Yeah, right. The nationals are kind of stuck on their price, which as they should be. To be honest, though, too, like 
even if they wait till the off season to trade him, like the price is probably still going to be a similar amount. Like I, I don't think it's two years of Juan Soto. Like they're going to get the bag and the, the haul regardless. So I don't think he'll get traded. I think also what's interesting is like waiting. Just waiting is just a smarter thing because then it, you open up being able to trade for the guys that were just drafted too. Which like it, it introduces more players and you know teams also like teams are going to be you know, they're going to have more ammunition. They'll have more guys that they're willing to trade. And for some teams, that's going to be huge because they don't want to fully empty some of their guys that they like. They can, you know, these guys who they barely touch, they can be like, all right, you know, for Juan Soto, adios. But yeah, I don't think he'll get traded. If he gets traded to the Dodgers, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do, Rob. I'm going to be honest. I would be furious. Well, Um, well, you have to think about how I feel as a Phillies fan. The two teams we're directly competing against the, the Padres in the Cardinals. Why would he want to like? Uh, the well, Card- I don't think he'll extend. The Cardinals. I don't think- Come on, the Cardinals. Oh my god, it's just it's just crazy. Um, yeah, so we'll say not traded on that one. Next guy, the best starting pitcher remaining, Frankie Montas. Um, I'm going to start. I think he's going to be traded to the New York Yankees. There's been a lot of rumors about, you know, the Cardinals involved here and some other teams. I think the Yankees are going to go out. They know they need a starting pitcher. And I think they'll be able to give pretty good prospect capital. Their system is pretty deep. So I think they're going to use some of that capital. They'll go out, get a guy like Frankie Montas, who will be really good for this rotation. And, yeah, I, I think Montas is the guy for them. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I think he'll go to the Yankees. I don't think they're going to – be too happy after missing on a Castillo and they need another starting pitcher. So I think Frankie Montes will be a Yankee. I'm in total agreement. Total agreement so far, Griff. Total agreement. Uh, next guy on the list, Wilson Contreras. Um, seems like the Cubs won a lot from teams like the Mets, the Astros, the Guardians, the Rays, I think might be yeah. involved too. The Padres also are very involved, supposedly. What do you think for Contreras? I think he'll end up in Matt Griff. I think he's going to – I think he'll end up end up in New York, Matt. I mean, I just think they're in, they'll be able to get the most from him. I think they're in total. I, I think that's what, it, what I've seen the most, to be honest. I think they've been linked for a considerable amount of time, and I'll just – I'm, I'm going to go with the Mets here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to go with the Mets here too. I think that this is the move the Mets need to make. I think Contreras, he, he just – you know, even if he doesn't, even if he's more DH and catcher, which I don't know what the situation would be, but like this guy it would just help this lineup so much against lefties. He can just hit the ball so well. He's one of the best hitting catchers in the game, and that's a, a black hole for the Nets right now. And he's a rental; like he's he's not going to get extended past this season with the Mets with Alvarez. Eight hundred. take eight, sorry, eight hundred plus OPS as a catcher, man. Just yeah, it was. He's a stud, um, and I think that there's a lot of right now in the MLB of, you know, teams not, they're kind of holding on their position. Ultimately on the last day, as the hours wind down, these teams with these guys with the rentals are going to cave in and and lower their price because Wilson Contreras is getting traded. Like it's a 100% thing. The Cubs are not keeping him. So they're going to come down and they're going to, they're going to find a deal no matter what. And I think the Mets ultimately will, will, will trade for him. I also think a team like the Astros, like they'll favor. I think they're they're more than happy with their defensive catching types, and just I think they're more than happy. yeah. I think I mean I have got a, a guy in mind who I think is a hundred percent an Astro at this point, basically that um, 
you know, I, I have on the list, but yeah, I think the Mets and Contreras, I mean, they've been talking about a package for David Robertson, who we'll talk about in a little bit here, but um, makes sense for the Mets, I think. And I think, you know, you hear the Mets don't want to trade like one of their top prospects for obviously not Alvarez or Beatty, but some of these guys like Mauricio, like they need to send this kid out the door. He's like a, a shortstop who's hitting two, sub 250 in double A. Like he has a lot of power, but I, I get he's a top 50 prospect in baseball, supposedly, but like, come on, man. This is just, I mean, Ronnie Mauricio has just like, I'm not going to be an MLB level all star talent player written all over him. <laughs> like, it's just one of those guys. But next guy, JD Martinez. Very interesting guy. The Mets have been very linked to him. I really hope this is not their big bad. I think JD is, he's a good hitter, but he's just not at that level, I feel, anymore. And he's got some back issues. What do you think, JD Martinez? It seems like he's getting dealt. I think so too. And I think, unfortunately, for Griff, I think, I think they might go, I think JD might be a Met too. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think, but mm, I, I think Passon mentioned it last night on Sunday night baseball, right? Oh, yeah. They've been very linked to Martinez and Vasquez. It seemed as they're like backup to Contreras. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think, I don't know, Griff. I, I think that Vas- I might want to amend my prediction already, but I, I think we're going to go with, with JD to the Mets. Oh, JD, JD. I really hope this. I mean, if they get Contreras and JD, I would not be yeah, I think... angry, but um, I don't think they'll get both. So I'm going to go another team here for JD Martinez. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Like, it, it's kind of tough to predict the team. I'm going to go with. Right. It, it... I'm going to go with the Cleveland Guardians. Okay. Um, I think they could use a bat like JD Martinez. Just a, it seems to fit their profile, like a consistent offensive player, just as a guy they could plug in there. I think he'll produce. So I'm gonna go the Cleveland Guardians. Why not a rental? Fits their profile. Nice veteran piece for them as they try and win that AL Central. So Cleveland Guardians, we'll, we'll ride with that. All right. Josh Bell is the next name on the list. I'm gonna go Houston Astros for Josh Bell. I've heard. This is like a gazillion times. I'd be shocked if he's not a Houston Astro. I know the Mets wanted, we're looking into him. It doesn't seem like the Nats want to trade with the Nats at all. So Houston seems to be the fit for Josh Bell. Yeah, I think he's like almost, I think he's basically a Houston Astro already yeah. at that point. And I, I'm a huge Josh Bell fan. I think it's probably just because I see him, so, we see him so many times a year because we're in the NL East. But this guy, this guy is, he's really doing it with no, with no help. Besides, obviously, Juan Soto. Uh, I liked him on Pittsburgh. I thought he was – he had that one bad year, and people kind of forgot about him. But, I mean, the juice ball year, this guy was unreal. No, yeah, yeah. I think he's a, he's a really solid bat. I mean, Very I, solid bat. Next guy on the list, Trey Mancini. Um, the Orioles, obviously, they're, they're kind of up there now in the wild card. Could they compete? Yeah. Seems like Mancini might get Delta. Who do you think he ultimately ends up with? It's a great question. It's a great question, Griffin. I know your Mets were in for him for a little bit, but uh, it's so interesting because uh, I feel uh, it's just they really should. I really we, we talked about last week about how maybe it wasn't their year and how you know like how maybe it wasn't it wouldn't be smart for them to go for it this year and how they need to treat it, but but. Uh, 
I don't know, man. I think it's just it sucks. And it's so hard to predict an actual team. I mean, this is another team who the, the, the Mets are just linked with everybody, aren't they, Griffin? They just are, yeah. Do <laughs> you see. want me to go? I have a team in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a team in mind, a specific team? Yeah, so I mean, I didn't predict JD to the Mets. I've heard Trey Mancini so many times from the New York Mets. I think Trey Mancini, I think Wilson Contreras, you trade for him, he'll be your catcher. Trey Mancini, he comes in, he can platoon with Daniel Vogelbach at the DH position. He can also play some outfield, so it gives you some more versatility there. Essentially serves as a J.D. Davis replacement. So that's where I have Trey Mancini. I have him going to the New York Mets. I don't think he'll cost the most. I can very well see the Orioles maybe just holding on to him. There's just the problem is this deadline, there's a lot of these just kind of like right-handed first yes. baseman DH yeah. type bats. Yeah, so many. And Trey Mancini is definitely probably the worst out of those bats. So I don't think it's going to cost that much. The Orioles may very well keep him, but I think the Mets are Mets have been so linked to him. I think he's a, a really good clubhouse guy. It seems like he fits the Mets profile. So I'm going to go the Mets add him and Wilson Contreras. I think they're, I think it's a move that makes sense for the Mets. All right. Um, thought of a team. I'm just going to go with them. I'll go with the Milwaukee Brewers. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. That makes sense. That's a Brewers move right there. It is. It really is. It really is. Next guy I have, David Robertson. Um, I don't want to keep picking the Mets for mine, but uh, – This guy's going to the Mets, Griffin. I, yeah, I've heard so much. Like, I, I would be shocked if David Robertson's not a Met at this point. Um, I mean, I, everything I've seen is just the Mets are in, like, love with this guy. I think essentially – I think they'll pair him and Contreras together ultimately and get a deal done. Yep. Oh, yeah, David Robertson to the Mets. Yep, I, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you. This next guy is very interesting. CJ Crone. Obviously, we saw the Rockies extend 37-year-old Daniel Bard to a two-year contract extension for $19 million, which for Daniel Bard, I mean, this guy's kind of gone through the ringer in his MLB career. So good for him for just getting his money and not risking anything, not risking a second half collapse. Like, honestly, for him, smart move, I would say, no matter what, because at some point, you know, he's at the end of his career. I, I get you want to win, but that guy had the opportunity to set his family up for life and he did. So props to him cashing in on a great season, a move for the Rockies that I don't quite understand, obviously, but now you got CJ Crone. I, does CJ Crone have a year left of, he, um, it's a great question. It's a I think question. he might after this I year. Think, I can just offer my opinion. If you want me to, I don't think, yeah. I don't think they're going to end up moving this guy. I think that Bard deal showed a total sign of intent that, I think they're going to end up wanting to compete next year, dude. And uh, I don't know how plausible that is for them, but I think that that's their plan. And I think Crone is going to be held on to. CJ Crone has been fantastic as a Colorado Rocky. Yeah, he um, has been, man. He's been, he's so underrated. He is so, he is. He, he's a great player. <sighs> it's tough to say because. He has a year. I checked. He has a year left to team control. They should trade him, though, because this team's not competing next year, obviously, um, in that division, too. No, they're not. But I think that doesn't mean and, that a front office can't be deluded into thinking they're going to be. Let me look. Uh. Oh, this one's tough. This one is tough. I'm going to say he's not traded as well. I just think that's the way the Rockies are going to operate. I haven't heard much buzz about him. So I'm going to say they keep him, which is just crazy. But, yeah. 
All right, next guy on the list, Tyler Maley, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Starting pitcher for the Reds, kind of the last guy left. He also has another year of team control, 4.4 ERA. Who do you think ends up with this guy? I'm going to I'm gonna say that he'll end up a Philadelphia Philly, Griff. Uh, obviously, you've heard a lot about him in the Cardinals, but he's been excellent over his last 10 starts, Tyler Miley, and I think the Phillies desperately need a, a, a fourth guy, to be honest, because Ranger Suarez has actually, thank God, been rounding back into form over his la- over the last two months. But uh, they des- they're, they're, I mean, they're on Tuesday night, arguably their most important game of the season so far. They're, they're throwing Nick Nelson and starting with a bullpen. <laughs> they need another. Start. I can't believe it, dude. They got to stop with this against the Braves, <laughs> like, dude. It's look, I'm sick did, of it. We did it. You dude. did take two or three. You took two or three off them after getting swept by the Cubs. If we hadn't gotten swept by the Cubs, we just taken two out of three. We'd be three games clear and ahead of the Padres in the wild card race. It's just, it's so annoying. But whatever. Classic Phillies. But I think, uh, obviously, I think that the Cardinals and the Phils will probably be in direct contention for him. And I think that as it gets closer, I think the Phillies' initial stance has been, you know, we're not going to trade any of our top guys. Even Ben Brown and Logan Ohapi are bordering on that top 100, not even in it. But I think, you know, like, they, they need another starter. They can't keep throwing out Bailey Falter and Nick Nelson. Because I, I as as much as I like Zach Eflin, as much as I think he can be a really good pitcher, the guy just can't stay healthy. It's really sad to see, but he's just not going to be healthy for the remainder of his career. He can't stay healthy this year. Uh, they need another starter. I think Tyler Miller is going to end up being that guy. I got Tyler Molly going to the San Francisco Giants. Um, the Giants have been one of those teams that's had a lot of buzz, and I think what they're going to do is they're going to both add and subtract. I think they're going to trade their rentals, but then I also think they're going to bring in pieces that are going to allow them to compete for next year. Molly's got a year of team control. I think they are going to give some prospect capital up for this guy, and they're going to move a piece like Carlos Rodon, kind of alluding to what I think we'll talk about him in a little bit. But I think this just fits kind of what the Giants – um, seem to be wanting to do this trade deadline and adding for next year, subtracting potential rentals. So I'm going to go with him to the Giants. I think it's a, a just a Giants move. I feel like he's just a Giant. Like I look at Tyler Molly, Maley, and this guy <laughs> just looks like a San Francisco Giant to me. So I'm going to I'm going to go with the Giants for him. Next guy on the list, Ian Happ, a uh, very talented outfielder from the Chicago him. Cubs. Does he also have a year of team control or no? It's a great question. I, I, some you know, of these guys, I'm, I know I'm, not, I'm not looking. I'm, he I, does year team control after this year, so not a rental. Not a rental. All right. Um, I'll go with the Atlanta Braves here, <sighs> which would just be an excellent move for them. He's only what. How old is he in half? 27? 27. Almost. He's turning 28 in like a week. But yeah, I mean, that would be a classic Braves addition, I feel like, at, at the deadline. I mean, we obviously saw last year the, the smaller names sort of help power them through. Or Solaire won World Series MVP, Griffin. <laughs> ah, whatever, whatever. Uh, it's all right. And then the Nationals had a totally not fluke World Series. But um, but yeah, I'll say Ian Happ to the Braves. I think they need to have that outfield, and I think he'll be the he'll be the guy. Unfortunately, I'm gonna yeah. go with San Diego Padres here. Um, and yeah, I, they're heavily in on Soto, so they clearly want a left-handed bat. 
And I think that AJ Preller is not going to go out of this deadline with nothing. He's going to get someone that's a big piece. And I think Ian Happ is going to be one of their, I think they might bring in a few pieces. Ian Happ's going to be one of those pieces. I think the Braves, I just think the way they operate, the, the, I feel like the Braves don't really overpay for players. If that may, like, I, I mean, maybe you look at Matt Olson, but like this team is very well run. They lock guys down to like criminal contracts that don't even, I don't even <laughs> criminal, understand. Criminal. criminal. It's like pure insanity, some of the things that they, uh, they've they been doing. But yeah, I think that the Padres, they've got a great farm system. They can make this move for Ian Happ. And I think, if my prediction of Juan Soto not getting traded holds through, Ian Happ makes sense to the Padres. So I'm going to go with that. Next guy on the list, Brandon Drury. Uh, somehow this guy has hit 20 bombs for the Reds this year. He's been a very good yeah, player. You can't get over it, can you? You can't get over the fact. It's a, I mean, honestly, I, I never hated the guy as a Met. It's just he's one of those guys that's just Justin Turner 2.0, I guess. I don't know. But uh, where do you see Brandon Drury ending up? So I said the Mariners before, but I don't really know if they have anything if they have anything left to left to trade. To be honest, um, here, but I'll go with an interesting one. I'll go with the Los Angeles Dodgers here. I'm gonna go with your Philadelphia Phillies here. I okay. think that they're looking for a bat. I think third base is a spot where they could use some help. Brandon Drury. I think could go there. He can also play other infield positions, I believe, yeah, too. I, mean, I think he can put this guy at second base, first base. Um, I think he's pretty flexible, maybe yeah. even in the outfield. So just another utility kind of guy for them uh, to position around and move around in that infield, which I think does need an upgrade compared to, you know, the, they obviously got some outfield guys. I'm just, um, uh, we're going to get – I think getting Segura back is going to be such a big help, I mean, on that middle foot. They've been running a middle infield of – Stott and Didi at points. Like, it's just like – and I actually like Bryson Stott. I mean, he's obviously not hitting the ball that well, but I, I, he's hitting the ball well, not a lot, I should say, but he's been really good actually the last month or so. Alec Boehm. How about Alec Boehm? Has he been he, good this year? What's Dude, he's hitting 300 right now. He hit 434. Oh, really? He hit 434 in the month of July. Wow. A fucking tear right now, dude. Jeez. But yeah, I, I still think the Brandon Drury move for them would fit. I think, you know, I agree. I agree. I, I think that he's a good bat for them, and I don't think he'll cost ultimately too, too much. So go with the Phillies there. Why not? Next guy on the list, the uh, Thor, they call him, Noah Syndergaard of the Los Angeles Angels. Seems like he'll be one of the primary pieces dealt from them. Where do you think he ends up? God, Griff. There, there's been a lot of talk about him to the Phillies, and I pray to God it does not happen. Um, he's washed at this point. He's so washed. I really hope he's not a Philly. I really hope he's not a Philly. But I think that's probably the most likely landing spot for him. Unfortunately, you think they'll land him in Melee? No, 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 no. I'm not even speaking. I'm not. I'm not predicting that. I was speaking oh, okay. just generally. I just don't get who even has any interest in this guy? Like, why does, why does anybody? I'm very him? curious to see what his contract will be next off season. Like who signs him and how much he gets. Cause like, he's been terrible and he just, his velos down. He doesn't strike out anyone anymore. It's just a totally different pitcher. I, I mean, he has a 3.80 array, I guess, but 
he hasn't been terrible this year. It's just like I got a team. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna, I guess because I did, I haven't mocked any pitchers to that. I'll, I'll go with not mock, but I, I'll go with the St. Louis Cardinals here. Okay. Just because I had Molly to the Phils, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go to the Cardinals. In the guard to the Cardinals. I'm trying to think who I got left. Um, I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Twins. I okay. think this team. Um, I have a different. Pitch I think now. all three teams in the Central are looking to upgrade in certain spots. Um, I think. To be honest, like the name I've heard a lot with the Cardinals is Zach Plesac, um, yeah. who I don't have on this list, but I'll add him towards Philly. the back end. Why not predict him? Phillies have been linked to him as well, yeah. Um, so I think the Twins want a pitcher. Syndergaard I don't think is going to cost the kitchen sink, so I think he kind of fits in with the Twins. And um, Yeah, why not? Why not Minnesota? Next guy, the Detroit Tigers closer, Gregory Soto. He's got a lot. I think he might have like two more years of team control. So this is one where Detroit would be looking to capitalize here on. Yeah, he's not. a. Oh, wow. He's not a free agent until 2026. Already a two-time all-star. Oh. 2.36 ERA this year. I mean, this guy's going to cost a lot. I don't know. What do you think? He is I'll 27 now. I'll go with the Jays here. Okay. I mean, I think they're absolutely going to look be looking to add to the pen. Like, I think that's un- unquestionable, and I think he's going to toss a shit ton, but I think blue. I think the Blue Jays are going to – I think I'll end up a Blue Jay. I'm going to say the, the Los Angeles Dodgers trade for this guy. Huh. Um, I think – I haven't had them get anyone yet. They've got a great farm system. They've got the pieces to go get this guy, and that bullpen has not been the best per se. Um, Craig Kimmerell's kind of been a disaster back there. I don't know if he would come in and close games for them, but just another piece for them to throw. And I think that's something that you can never have too many guys for the bullpen and the Dodgers absolutely need probably another guy or two back there. So Dodgers, I don't think they, uh, I don't, I don't think they'll go out really and get a big bat. I think that this will be, uh, this will kind of be their, their big bullpen move. So Gregory Soto, the Dodgers next guy, I got two more lefty relievers here. Joe Mantiply of the Arizona Diamondbacks has been an all-star this year. Um, I think he also has a lot of team control left. So let me just check that real quick. Free agent in 2027. These, yeah. He was drafted by the New York Mets, actually. That was his first team. And then he got drafted by the Phillies after that. Really? Yeah. He went 48th round in the Mets by, in 2009. 28th round by the Phillies in 2012 and 27th round by the Tigers in 2013. All right. Let's see. Who am I going with here? I would even... Oof. See, I'll go with I'll go with the Houston Astros here. I think they need lefty bullpen help for sure, and yeah, I think the Astros, the the Diamondbacks need young pitching. I think they're about to raid. I I just think the Diamondbacks are like I I think it's so hard for the Diamondbacks and the like all these NLS teams to ever even seriously 
like it's just very interesting to me because I think the best you're ever going to get competing with the Dodgers is these one-off years like the Giants have, and then they might like fade back to irrelevancy. Like it's so hard to just compete with a team like the Dodgers with the financial muscle that they have because they're able to. And the I mean, it, obviously we understand the the financial muscle that the Dodgers have, but they're such a well-run organization outside of the manager. But like it's just it's just it, it's a joke. Like I, you made a comment I think either last week or a couple months before that that. You know, they seemingly never run out of top prospects. Like they always have another uh, another top 10 prospect to trade. So, I mean, I think it's just so, a little off tangent, but I think it's so hard for like a lot of these teams. And it's just like you see like these same NLS teams selling at the deadline year after year after yeah. year. Joe Mansply, 31 years old. I think that the, the Diamondbacks should capitalize on this year that he is having because we've seen this with lefty relievers. They kind of come in and fade. I mean – Aaron Loop is a perfect example. The guy was had a 0.95 ERA with the Mets, and then you know this year's kind of been a mess for him. I I don't want to keep pe- putting people on the Mets, but I think they need a lefty reliever. I think this guy makes sense for them. It's like I, I don't like mocking four guys in the Mets, but I got to be hopeful. I guess I guess part of you know being a fan is you gotta you gotta be hopeful. So. Look, do I think they'll get all four of these guys? Probably not, but I think they need desperately need lefty bullpen help. So why not Joe Mantiply? I think his costs will be less than like a Gregory Soto or even the next guy, Andrew Chafin, who has been money uh, these last few years. Where do you think he ends up? How about, how about you take this one first, Griff? Um. Andrew Chafin. I'm going to say the Chicago White Sox. Um, this team, their bullpen has surprisingly been pretty shaky. They're looking for back-end help. Chafin, not really a closer, so he kind of fits into potentially what they're looking at as a back-end role. I know they already have some lefties out there, but he's a really good reliever, and it makes sense for them, I think. And it, it just screams like a Chicago White Sox in them. So I'll go with White Sox for Andrew Chafin. All right. Getting some time to think. I'll go with the Dodgers here. I'll get. I'll. I'll give them a lefty reliever. Just. Just a different one. All right. Next guy, Nate Avaldi. Um, another guy who I believe it's the last year. Seems like he'll get traded. I have a team in mind. If you don't have one, um, yeah. If you got. If you got one, Griff. Yeah. If you got one, for- you're gonna like it, Robert. I got the Philadelphia Phillies. Philadelphia Avaldi. Yep. I think that. Uh, I do think they will go out and get a pitcher as my pen dies. Um. <laughs> I think they'll go out and get a pitcher. Um, I think Nate Evaldi makes sense for them. I don't think he will per se cost the most, but, you know, he's a solid wing. I don't know if they're looking – you know, I, I'm not going to really – it makes sense. Phillies need a pitcher. I think they'll win, end up with Evaldi. So, yeah. I'll go with the Chicago White Sox here. Um, I, I just kind of think they need another, like, reliable 3-4 there to be honest with you and I'll, I'll go with the white Sox. i don't think i've had anybody going to them so far so yeah all right moving on next guy jose quintana of the pittsburgh pirates he's put together a pretty strong year what do you think do you think he gets a well a I, nice... I i originally thought that this guy was gonna for sure be a philly until until uh, sorry. Until this Tyler Molly interest came in, but I think there's even a, 
even a shot. You got you got a team in mind, Griff? This guy, um, let me let me just look up his baseball reference page. Um, I believe, yeah, he's been a Chicago White Sox before. He's had a lot of success with the Chicago White Sox. I think they are going to reunite, and he will end up as a Chicago White Sox, a team that is looking for pitching. And I don't think this – I think the move of him and Chafin, I think this is a – you know, they can probably afford both those guys. They don't have the best farm system. So Quintana shouldn't be a, a too expensive of a piece, but he's been very good this year and would be a good move for them, a good, a good reunion for the White Sox. Have I uh have I given a starter to the Jays yet, or just 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 to relieve just relieve just me? just Gregory Soto to the Jays? I'll go I'll go with Quintana to the to the Jays also. Okay. David Bedner, the closer for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh I don't God. think he's going to be traded. I don't think so either. I the, the worry for me is that Atlanta's going to trade for him, but since I already have them trading for Hap, I'll I'll, I'll have him stand put. Carlos Rodon, arguably the biggest starter pitching on the market. Um, where do you think he's going to end up? I'm going to go with the Minnesota Twins here. I think it's, like you said, all three of those central teams are really looking to upgrade their pitching, and I think he's going to be their big spot. Let me see where I have. I don't think he'll be Philly. I don't think he'll be Twins. I don't think, obviously not the Giants, um, not the Yankees. I haven't given anyone to the Blue Jays yet. Uh, are, are the Blue Jays like actively looking for starting pitching? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, according according to according to the to, to the media. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any other team. I don't think Atlanta's. Oh God, why do I just see it? Uh, no, I'm not going to give them that Atlanta. I purposely like left Atlanta out of anything, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays, I guess, for Rodon. I feel like that's a good move for them. They just are always seeming to make these big moves. So makes sense, I think, for them. And, yeah, I think the – I mean, speaking of the Giants, Jock Peterson, this is where I have the Atlanta Braves striking. I think they're going to go and reunite with Jock Peterson. That, that, that just worked out so well for them last year. I think they really like him. And I, it's just such a – I think they're looking for outfield help. Uh some who have been the guys like rumored to them. I mean, uh, there's been all these names rumored to the Braves, but Jock Peterson to me just makes sense. I'm going to go with the Braves for them, for him. So I already have Hap going there. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give myself, I'll, I'll say the Philadelphia Phillies here. I'll give him okay. a, little, a little outfield help before, before Bryce gets back. I'll, I'll be a little optimistic about Jock. I'm a big, I'm pretty big Jock Peterson fan myself, to be so honest. So who would play center field then for the Phillies? How would that work out? Well, Veerling, they would probably just sit Veerling on the bench, to be honest. But who would Harper have to play center or Peterson would have to play center? Well, Harper's going to have to de- – Harper still can't field hypothetically. So then Peterson would have to be in center. Yeah, yeah. That, that defense it's of that already, – It's already – it's already as bad as it can get. It's already as bad as it can get. Nick Nick in. I mean, that might be the worst signing of the offseason. Look, look, Jesus. look, look. He's hitting like 350 over his last eight games. So we'll see how now. But yeah, he's been like statistically the worst player in baseball. The thing <laughs> is that we're paying, sorry, we're paying the actual worst player in baseball $14 million this year. DD Degree. 
the vaccine, man, it got him, and, and he's never. <laughs> Uh, that was probably the worst excuse I'd heard. Dude, that was hilarious. Yeah. My, it hurt my shoulder. And now my swing is like, no, Didi, you're just not as good as you used to be. He's not playing in the short porch anymore. No, he's not. And the worst part was his 60, this, the COVID season, he was actually really good. But yeah, he was last, very good. The last, very good. The last two years, he's just been a disgrace. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Ramon Laureano. Um, this is a piece that the Phillies, your Phillies have been linked to. Um, I, I'm aware, but I don't think they're gonna give up. I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna give up what the A's are asking. So you think he will not get traded, or no? Sorry, sorry. I the the Phillies specifically. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Do you have a team in mind, Griff? Not necessarily at the moment. I'm trying to think what of like the contending teams where where it would fit. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays, a replacement for Kevin Kiermaier. They haven't. I mean, I guess they did just land David Peralta though. I'll stick with it. Why not? I mean, David Peralta is kind of a corner outfield DH type bat. So Ramon Laureano fits the Kevin Kiermaier role, and you know he just seems. He kind of seems like a Tampa Bay Ray from one poverty organization to the other. But the Rays are they're not a po- they're poor, but they're not like embarrassing like the Oakland Athletics. So I'll give them the Rays. I don't know. I don't love that pick though. What have I uh what have I given to the Brewers so far? Oh, I'm gonna change my pick actually. You okay. gave the Brewers Trey Mancini. I am that's a, I knew there was a team that I've heard so much about Ramon. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm go. gonna go with the Brewers. I'm gonna go with the Brewers too. Yeah, that's a good call. I knew there was a team that I had in mind that I just – all right. Um, we got a few more guys. I mean, if there's more guys that you think might get traded, we can talk about them too. This one I think is a pretty easy one. I threw him on because why not? Shohei Otani, I don't think there's any chance he's getting traded. With 30 hours to go, it just seems like there's no no one even close to a deal at this I, point. I do think he. I do think he'll be moved this offseason, though. I, I really yeah. do. Yeah. Which the thing about Otani is, how can you? What matches Shohei Otani's value? From from not only not only a baseball perspective, but he's by far the most marketable player. Like by far the most marketable player. Yeah. By like, because you have the whole Japan market, and even the U.S. is even the U. Even like non baseball fans. Oh, yeah, Japan obviously, but even in the United States, non baseball fans, I think like he's their he's their biggest asset. I think to. I think he might be a Matt Rob, the Billy Epler connection. Like, I'm not, I'm not even trying to joke. Like, I don't know if they'll trade for him next offseason, but in free agency, I think they'll be severely, heavily involved with him. Oh God, I would, that would be. I think they might lose the ground, but then get Otani the next year. Well, I mean, look, Otani, real quick, Otani or Judge? Like long term? No, right now, right now. Who's, who's... Oh, for MVP? Yeah. Judge. It's got to be Judge. I agree. I agree. Although, I think it's almost like the LeBron effect where, like, Shohei's the best player in the sport. And then he gives Judge is that. also on the best team, though, right now. Like, Judge yeah. is doing, yeah. Judge is putting up those numbers and he's actually, like, oh, he's winning. 30 I, games over 500. Poor Shohei, man. Poor Shohei and Trout. Oh, my God. Shohei at least is getting out of there. Like, he's yeah, gone. He, is. he is getting out of there. But poor Mike Trout. 
Mike Trout is going to be stuck with Anthony Rendon. The reason they can't extend Shohei is because of Anthony Rendon. <laughs> Seven for 175, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Pat, uh, Zach Plesak. I've saved the Cardinals getting a starting pitcher for him. Um, I've just heard so much about this connection. It just seems like a guarantee at this point. I feel like I've ran out of teams to – oh, you know what? Never mind. The Giants. We'll go with the Giants here. I, I forgot I haven't given them a starting a starter. All right, last guy. Why not? If there's any other guys you think I'm missing, let me know. But Michael Fulmer, I've heard a lot about him. It seems like he's getting moved. Bullpen pieces are interesting. I feel like there's so many teams up for bullpen pieces. Who, like, I'm trying to think who I haven't given a reliever to, really. Um, what do you think for Fulmer? He's been really good this year. Well, last year, actually, funny enough, um, the Phillies had a lot of interest in him, and I, I thought they were going to carry it over to this year. But I, like I said, I, I don't really think they have a lot of interest in trading for a reliever. God, I wish I hadn't given the Blue Jays Soto because I feel like that would this would have been perfect for them. But when in doubt, yeah. when in doubt, go with the New York Yankees. So I'll go with the New York Yankees. There's actually I forgot to add a lot of Miami Marlins to this list, so I have a few more names we can do. Oh, yeah. um, Michael Fulmer, I'm going to go – yeah, I haven't given the Blue Jays any bullpen help, so it just fits, so why not? We'll give them the Blue Jays. Uh, but Miami Marlins, their first baseman, who I believe is on the IL right now, Garrett Cooper. Um, I'm going with the Dodgers. I think this is the bat they've just been so linked to. He's a, you know, he's a solid player. I think the Dodgers need an offensive upgrade, and Garrett Cooper shouldn't cost ultimately too much. So I think the Dodgers end up with Garrett Cooper. Remind me who I've given to Houston, Griff. Josh Bell and oh, Joe Mantiply. I've already given given them a first. There's all these. I'm telling you, bro. There's all these first baseman DHS players. I know. Market, I know. Which is why it's like that's why like these guys tomorrow like the some teams may just hold on, but like the prices of these guys like the Trey like Trey Mancini like he's not gonna he can't cost that much possibly. Yeah, I agree. There has been so much about Cooper and the Dodgers. There really has. It's been every week now. But who have I given the Dodgers so far? Like this is what yeah, I'm Brandon Brandon Drury, who they've also been linked to, and Andrew Chafin. That's why it gets hard to predict. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some of these guys that don't get dealt, but I have no idea. No idea. I'll just uh. Uh, let's say he stays in Miami just because, just because I can't think of a freaking team. No, I, there's definitely going to be like, no, oh, yeah. I, it's like, some I think of these guys, some of these guys are definitely going to be held on to. And I, I think, have, especially the first baseman ones, there's just not enough teams that are in the market for a first baseman DA. Even like, especially like, I obviously had Mancini to the Mets. You had, um, JD Martinez, like a DA type player to the Mets. Like the Mets are out on, uh, the Mets are actually very interesting because if they're, if, let's say they go for Contreras and they don't go for another first baseman DH type. Like, there's not a like if Josh Bell's an Astro, which we both agree on. There's just not a huge market for the first baseman DH esque, yeah. yeah, type player. I agree. It all depends. It's all going to depend on how desperate one is to trade these players. Um, next guy, Pablo Lopez, who got roughed up by the Mets yesterday. Very interesting starting pitcher. What do you think? This is another guy who I've seen linked to the Phillies a ton, but I don't see them trading for two starters at the deadline. So 
Do I have the Marlins acquiring a starter yet? Or the not Marlins the, Mar- or the Mariners. Mariners? The Mariners. The Mariners. Sorry. No, but they just got Castillo. So. They did just get Castillo. I'm trying to think who's out. Like, what teams are in the hunt still that we haven't really given anyone? That's what I'm saying. It's hard. It, it is hard. Gets very hard. Like, I think Pablo Lopez may get dealt, though. Like, he's one of those – like, I think the Marlins are just so bad and so – And they, uh, they also have the most dominant pitcher in the sport right now. They, if they traded him, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, no, he's – there's nothing even – they're, they're – No, they're, no, they're not trading him. I'm just saying, like, oh, my God, the return would just be nuts. And he's on a friendly contract, too. Mm, Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez. <laughs> All right. I'll go with an interesting one. Why not? Why not? How about how about the Baltimore Orioles? Okay. They got a deep farm. They've got a lot of prospects. That's they, what I'm saying. I mean, look, look. And I, That's a good move. That's a good that's a good pick. I'm just trying to think of like some teams in the hunt. That's what you said. I, mean, I got a team. I, I got a team. I'm going to go with. They 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 always seem to be in the market for starting pitching. The San Diego Padres. I think AJ Preller is just a psycho. I think this guy is going to. He's <laughs> desperate to make the playoffs and and desperate to avoid what happened last year. I think I already had them getting Ian Happ. I think this guy is ready to unload the farm system. Pablo Lopez. I mean that rotation. You got like Blake Snell. Like come on, man. Like obviously you've got Joe Musgrove. You Darvish, is he like, has you Darvish been healthy? I think he's been healthy. Yeah. You were, you, I remember your entire you Darvish right from the beginning of the year, Griffin. He's pitched well, 3.2 ERA. So I guess he's made me eat my words, but, you know, Clevinger has been hurt. I just think there's, you can never have enough starting pitching. In worst case, you go to like a six man rotation, you have Sean Benaya there. I mean, it's a tough one. Like, I, I don't know, but here's, I guess, another reason why I'm going to do put this trade. Pablo Lopez has team control. Yeah. A lot of these players um, in their rotation, Blake Snell, Clevinger, Manaya, I believe are all free agents at the end of next year. So this really would give them some flexibility for next year and also give them a quality start this year. So I think that actually makes sense. I'm sticking with Pablo Lopez to the Padres. All right. All right. Last guy I've really come to mind with. Or uh, we'll end on a, a classic. Two more guys. Anthony Bass, some more bullpen help. He's been really good this year. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I've already mocked so many goddamn relievers to everybody. I got a, I got a team if you want. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to go uh, – no. I'm going to go with – I'll I'll give him to the Braves. I think the Braves probably would add a reliever. Actually, and... That's great. That's yeah. That's a great. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm gonna steal that from you. I'm gonna go with the Braves as well because I was. Yeah. They're gonna. They're definitely acquiring a reliever, and obviously it's yeah. gonna be their main target. But like like you said, I don't think he'll be moved. Yeah. So, and last guy, last but not least, Mr. Joey Gallo. Oh man, where do you think he ends up? I think that the price right now, from what it seems there, oh, like price is high, but I think tomorrow it's going to be like they will take any offer they get tomorrow because he's gone. Well, he's dead. He's dead weight at this point. Yeah. So there's no, they'll take whatever tomorrow. I'll go I think with the they're Tampa trying to get. I'll go with the Tampa Berries. Okay. Tampa Bay. 
Hmm. We've heard a lot of Milwaukee. I, I had Ramon Laureano yeah. there, so I don't feel like that makes too much sense. I think I might put him in the AL Central. I think. Mm. I already had Cleveland in a DH. Chicago White Sox, why not? Why not? They could use help. They want a bat. They'll take a flyer on Joey Gallo. All right. Well, there we have it. We have a lot a lot of names, obviously. We predicted, let's see, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 27, 28 names. 28. So, All right. 28 names. Definitely a very fun prediction show. Um, and, yeah, we will see. Who who gets more right? I mean, it might end up being one of us gets like four right or something silly, yeah. but uh, yeah, should be fun. But I'm excited for this deadline. It, it it's a lot of unknown. It's just been so quiet so far. I'm very excited yeah. to see who gets dealt. You know, by the time that it's over tomorrow, you know, well, three trades, three trades the whole day. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, I, some of the uh, there's going to be a lot of these guys clearly that don't get traded. Like, it's, oh, for sure. Just because you said there's such an oversaturation of that first base market, and so many of those slaves. So yeah. many of those guys. Oh, my God. Um, but with that being said, that'll do it for this episode of Outside the Arena. A little long, but definitely a lot of fun content. If you are new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Outside the Arena. Follow us on Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. Our Instagrams will be linked in the description. With that being said, guys, thank you guys so much for watching. If there's a really crazy deadline, if Juan Soto gets traded, maybe we'll come out with a little emergency Once episode. Traded, we'll do a short for sure. There's, there's yeah, no- I mean, if it's a if it's a very crazy deadline, we may end up just doing a short anyway for fun. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll come out with a nice little episode tomorrow. But thank you guys for watching. We'll see you on the next episode of Outside the Arena.